All right. Well, then uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Everyone on Twitch and YouTube, it's Brian and Jim from Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another Power Hour. Uh, as always, we're going to get started by talking about what we're drinking tonight. And if you can't tell from my voice, you'll certainly hear it throughout the podcast, unfortunately. I have a really nasty cold, but I'm still drinking. Probably shouldn't be. But uh, I actually have my tea here, but I'm actually drinking Donegal Irish Whiskey. It's not beer, but uh, I didn't want to drink a lot of beer with my NyQuil tonight. So that's usually not a good combination. <laughs> a sleep you won't be waking up from. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I can only be so lucky. Anyway... I am drinking the Mortal Kombat Scorpion Imperial Stout. Now, according to people online, this is actually the worst of the three Mortal Kombat beers. So, I don't know. I'll give it a shot and see how it is. Uh, Once again, it's in the 1.6 ounce glass and 8% alcohol. Hmm. A dangerously drinkable Imperial Stout. Fire ice in a glass. The fiery Southwest chilies and cooling Madagascar vanilla. Ooh. Being paired nicely with all the exotic notes produced by a magical yeast strain. Mm-mm-mm. I hate you. I hate you so goddamn much. <laughs> ah, one of my finer bits. <laughs> um, that's interesting they're saying. So it's an imperial stout? Uh-huh. Huh. And people say that's the worst. Yes, it is. That's odd, because usually imperial stouts are delicious. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. But either way... Um, yeah, this one... Ooh. Go ahead. Jet black. Can't see nothing through it. It is dark, 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 dark. You said it's 8%. That's actually kind of low for an Imperial IPA, or Imperial uh, Stout. Maybe it's part of the reason why people say it sucks. Hmm. Either way, once again, uh, thank you, Snarcast and Internal Nav HD, for auto-hosting us. We always appreciate oh, that. What's up, Nav? Thank you. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and get started, and Jim, uh, you wrote in this first one, very interesting, speaking of the fact that I'm drinking Irish whiskey tonight, this Donegal Irish whiskey, um, we got a comment from someone in Ireland about our actual title, Power Hour, for our podcast. Jim, you can explain it better than I can. I cannot confirm nor deny from a technical level, but at Patatonic on Twitter says that Actually, in Belfast, our uh, podcast would be called the Par R. So it's apparently very tough to say and to tell people about there. <laughs> I find that. So we might have trouble getting an Irish audience, I guess is what they're trying to say. Uh, well, I know we actually we have a fairly good UK audience and, and, and Ireland audience, and I find that pretty awesome, just the fact that you know anyone's watching us from there. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I guess if you think about it, it would be kind of odd to say power hour, especially if they're doing what I'm doing right now and enjoying some drinks. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So who knows? Maybe if we ever get to Ireland, we can host a live one and drive everyone crazy in a bar. Uh, your kind isn't welcome there, Jim. Frenchy. The hell does that mean? <laughs> I'm part Irish. <laughs> Not the good part. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at me, I'm 100% Irish. You're as Irish as my asshole, you stupid American. That doesn't make sense. Makes perfect sense. So are you saying your worst part is Irish? You talking, oh, ma- you talking just, bad about the Irish? Just get, in, get into the goddamn topics. Racist. Yeah, you know what? I'm racist against you. That's what I'm racist against. <laughs> you can't be racist against perfection, Jim. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so the first topic that Jim actually got for us today is uh, 
It's another beer topic, how we always like to start it off, and it involves beer trading getting out of control. Now, obviously, if you look in the description below, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you can click this link and read for yourself. But it's kind of that age-old tale of anything that gets a little too popular. In this case, they're talking about craft craft beer trading among states or other breweries. You know, if you have a buddy like we do who actually lives in Seattle, he's going to get some craft beers that we wouldn't get, be able to get a hold of. So I could maybe trade with him some, P, some of PA's finest with his Seattle beers. Um, it's a good concept. It's a nice way to keep things circulating. But you have those dickheads who kind of oversell things or upcharge. And, yeah, it's kind of what always happens to anything that gets a little too popular. I mean, Jim, you can obviously speak a little bit more to it. But I just think it's it's a it's both a good and bad thing because it's a sign of the popularity of craft beer, as, as if everyone didn't already know how damn popular it is. But when you're at a point when people are already doing shitty things like this, that means you really hit it, I guess. What's your take? Uh, yeah. Anyway, this article comes to us from the pool, the fullpint.com. So it's a beer blog by a guy named Dan and basically the article is as you were saying so long story short um, he's really big into beer and trying as much as he can and he's on all the different groups through Untapped and Beer Advocate websites and apps like that where he talks to other craft beer people and they'll send each other all the microbrews in order to you know try out all the stuff they can't get in different parts of the country unfortunately much like gaming people are really starting to upcharge and you get the scalpers now in the beer trading game. So whenever, let's say, for example, when fucking the 120-minute IPA comes out from Dogfish Head around here, people get in line at like 7 in the morning outside their beer stores. They're only allowed to buy two bottles, that kind of deal. Well, these people are bring their aunts, their brothers, their family, and they'll basically buy up the entire stock and upsell it and resell it at, you know, way more prices or charging more beers from another person to get these beers in there. So you get the same dickheads you get with any collection and or a niche kind of market, and they're trying to corner it. Yeah, my only hope is that people, and obviously it's kind of a useless hope because people are going to do it anyway, but just don't overpay for shit like this because if you overpay once, then you're kind of setting the market to say there is a market for paying that kind of price for shit like this. And Jim and I have, since starting this site, have definitely tried the more exclusive, more expensive beers. Not saying they're not worth it and that some of them aren't absolutely delicious, but paying $25 for a uh, you know a typical 12-ounce bottle of beer, it's, it's very questionable. And unless you're absolutely dedicated, uh, just please don't continue to contribute to that market of people who are going to continue to upcharge. And I can't even imagine if it's 25 for us in-store... I can't even imagine the type of prices these dickheads would be charging other people, you know. So if you are going to do this trading thing, do it with people you know. And Chris actually managed to text us and say he would be glad to trade beers with us, just like our buddy Eric in Florida. So maybe we can start a little coast-to-coast uh, -coast operation, Jim. Maybe. Brian, do you think we can corner our own markets here? Yeah. Maybe instead of being the solution, we can be part of the problem. But Jim, Maybe that's... we can get our cake and eat it too for once. Jim, you eat enough cake. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker, I knew that was coming. <laughs> you can't set me up like that, Jim. Come on. 
And Snarkast. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, no. <laughs> Snarkast, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of scumbag sellers in beer, too. So it's a very unfortunate thing. But like I said, that's also, for me, kind of like, cool. Beer's really, really made it to the point that assholes are going to be scumbags about selling shit. So. Brian, could you superimpose a echo effect when we say scumbag seller? No, I will not. <laughs> but, Brian, we have to rip off people in more ways than one. I only rip off talented people, Jim. <laughs> Oop, shots fired. <laughs> All right. So, next topic, um, continuing with beer, and we'll keep it kind of fast, but the Evil Genius and Conchahawka Brewing Company are they're actually local brewing companies near us. Um, I've had some beer rele- uh, excuse me, beer releases related to local sports teams and players, and uh, it's a really kind of cool thing. I think that any time a local brewery really starts getting invested in um, you know, the local city it's in, it does nothing but good things for the beer company, and it's a way to kind of bring maybe less casual craft beer fans into it because if you're a local sports fan – you maybe aren't into craft beer, but if you happen to see a beer that, you know, like trusts the process that Evil Genius put out, you might get a kick out of that and be more willing to try it. And if you enjoy their stuff, you're going to try more of their things. So I think it's a smart marketing ploy, and I think it's just a cool thing to pay homage to the city that you're brewing in. Yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, basically what they did was tank for three years straight in order to get all the draft picks and good players. So around the city, we'd say trust the process and hope that we get those players and it works out. And Conchahawken Brewing also has the Ghost Bear Ale, which we have a flyer named Shane Goss's <clears throat> Bear. And that's his nickname, so that's why they did it. Cool little goofy shit like that. So, I mean, if you guys out there, if you have your local teams and you have microbrews that are making sports player names out of your guys, let us know because we love hearing fun little goofy shit like that. Yeah, and if you are from another city, you don't need to point out that a lot of our sports team sucks. We know that, and, you know, don't point it out. And I know I'm just calling more attention to it and probably going to make it worse. Dark times. Dark times for this town. That's right. All right. So then the next topic is actually uh, we're getting back to which is better. And I think we have a pretty damn good one here. This is one that me and Jim sat down, really thought about. Um, and uh, I won't say it's one of our toughest ones, but I think it's going to be highly contentious for some people, especially hardcore fans. But we're getting back to our roots with uh, more music-based Witches Betters, and we're going with two classics here from a classic game. From Street Fighter 2, we have Guile's theme or Ken's theme. And I'll be honest, if you're watching this on YouTube... I'm going to play both little clips right here, so I'm going to do a little cut so you can hear a little snippet from both of them. If you are watching on Twitch, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go over to YouTube, type in Street Fighter 2, Guile, and Ken's theme, and listen for yourself. But, man, oh, man, they are both super iconic from that series, and I think probably the most popular, maybe. But I'm actually going to let Jim go first before I give my opinion. All right. Um, oh, and actually, when you go check out those YouTube clips, don't close this window because God knows we need the traffic. <laughs> oh, my God, Jim, I hate you so much. <laughs> I have no shame. Anyway, yeah, um, when it comes down to it, God damn, 
So these here are basically the two United States characters in Street Fighter 2. So, of course, they would have the best music because, <laughs> you know, America. Damn and right. thank, you, thank you, Japan, for knowing who's number one. And, God, it's a tough pick. What about Balrog? I want to say almost... Yes. <laughs> All right, the three best songs. <laughs> but these are the best of the best. And I'm going to have to go. I'm going to say Guile's theme's probably better constructed overall, but I can't turn down Ken's theme. It just gets you so goddamn pumped. And when you have a fighting game, that's what you need the most. It's just a game to just get us, uh, sorry, a song that gets you in the mood to just kick the shit out of someone. Or throw fireballs at him. Or spinny kicks. Interesting. So yeah, my vote goes to Ken. All right, so for me, um, <clears throat> and I'm curious to see where fans are going to fall. If it's like typical, they'll agree with me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, funny how that happens. Yeah, but I'm going to go with Giles' theme. I think that one is way more iconic, and I think that when people think Street Fighter, if you're not thinking of the you know the opening theme or the fight select theme. You're probably thinking of the Guile theme. Not to say the Ken, like Jim just pointed out, it is excellent, but the Guile, I think, is technically more impressive. And I don't know. From the two of them, and maybe I'm doing character bias on top of that, but you know, Ken is just a cheap knockoff of Ryu, especially in that first game. So I feel like Kyle or Guile's theme is just a little more badass, and it has. Just a little bit more attitude that you would want from an American in the 90s. So, gotta stick with Guile. Alright, well, Brian's wrong on this one again. But, we leave it once again to you guys. Let us Wait, know in the comments. Jim, do I, do I, need, to, do I need to pull up stats from uh, our previous ones? Who, who people agree with? Look, Brian, we, we, look, we don't do have the time to live off stats, Brian. <laughs> you don't live in a world of reality. A comet will hit this planet in any second, Brian. We can't spend our time looking up results <laughs> of past videos. We just have to go with gut feelings in times like these. Okay. Which means, obviously, I'm correct. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we obviously want to hear from you guys. And just give us reasons. And if you think there was another... Because we did sit and fully listen to every single fighter's theme. And we kept it at the fighter theme. I just want to point that out. We're not including the actual... You know, Street, Fight, Street Fighter main opening theme because that thing is badass onto itself. We just wanted to do Fighter True. versus Fighter. So, to us, those two were the best. So, we'd love to hear from you guys and get your opinions on that. All right, you want to go into the next topic, Chambers? All right. Next up, we actually have another one of our old favorites, and it's overrated, underrated for the week. This week, we're going with an N64 classic. Bit of a game changer, some could say. Especially if you're a pro wrestling fan back then. That's a ball. So this week's overrated. I know. Couldn't stop it. You could have. So this week's overrated. I could have, but I chose not to. (sighs) So, if I'm not interrupted anymore, this week's overrated underrated is WCW versus NWO World Tour on the Nintendo 64. The first of the THQ Aki Engine wrestling games to come out in the United States. That I know of. There, now they can't call me wrong. Ha But, Bri, I'll let you start this one off, <clears throat> since I think you've had less experience with it than I did. Uh, well, that's just false. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> so now, I mean, this game was a game changer, and one of the big reasons why I actually went to an N64, on top of some of the other games I had, I was a really big wrestling fan back in the day, and a buddy of mine had this game, and the multiplayer aspect of it was awesome. It played much differently than any WWF or wrestling game before that, and Obviously, we don't need to tell you what it spawned in some of the greatest wrestling games of all time. Um, obviously, I think for that system, No Mercy is the best wrestling game and arguably one of the best wrestling games ever. But WCW, going back, I did go back and play it. I have to say, it did start a nice... I guess you want to call it trend with those wrestling games, but that game itself, it's not really holding up, and I feel like it's a little overrated because sometimes when we see people's list of greatest wrestling games ever, you know, once again, you always take nostalgia, in my opinion. Like, if you have a series of games and they're all exactly the same, but one has much better features, like in this case, No Mercy. I think you gotta say that's a much better game, but people will still just say it's WCW versus NWO World Tour. I mean, shit, even WCW versus NWO Revenge was better than this. It had a better roster, more customizable components to your wrestlers. It was just a better game. And this one, while it was good and it was a good starting point, I still feel like it was slightly overrated. Not considering the historical significance of it, just as the game stands by itself. So... That's what I'm sticking with. Fuck, my mic is starting to fall apart. Oh, the tape is dying. Damn it, Jim. Yeah, this is a night of technical difficulties for me, so this is just going swimmingly. <clears throat> but for me, you know what? I'm going to go, now just to say fuck you, Brian, I'm going to go with underrated because I'll fully, freely admit that this game, when it comes to features, probably roster, and just overall polish, yeah, it's the weakest of all the ones from that generation. And honestly, this one I don't hear people talking a lot about. Normally the argument's always between either No Mercy or Revenge, and some people will say WrestleMania 2000's better. But this one always kind of gets left out. And I guess it's fair because, like I said, it's the first one, it's a little weak on options, but it's still a really solid game. And to me, it plays just as well as any of the others. And, yeah, some of the Japan-only uh, rosters I don't care as much about, but I still have fun going back and trying to play through all the different championship modes to unlock the different characters to get, say, DDP or Macho Man, shit like that. Yeah, it's not perfect, but you know what? You can get it for mad cheap today. And, say, if you don't want to spend a little bit extra that you would on a No Mercy or a Revenge, this is a perfectly fine option for you. And even for, if you're a wrestling fan in general, it's a game you should play, or you should at least have in your collection, I'd say. So I'm going to go with Underrated. <clears throat> Interesting. Now, obviously, I think this is this probably will be the one where people agree with you on this. Um, however, the one thing I thought you I found interesting is you said you you know go back and play through it, but you have all the latest ones, so you're telling me if you have that stacked up to No Mercy, you're going to go back to this first? I'm not going to go back to it first, but there will be a day or two where I'll go back to that instead of No Mercy. Just even, I mean, for me personally, for a nostalgia trip, but, you know, there's no reason to ever go to this over the other two, but it's still a good game on its own. So that's why I'm saying it's underrated, because people will just poo-poo it because it's not the bigger name titles at the time. Hmm. 
Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, let us know below. Um, which do you think? Uh, do you even like the game at all? Maybe you hate that series altogether and you think we should stop talking about it. But, yeah, let us know below. All right, the next one is... Uh, <laughs> It's interesting, uh, considering Jim and I are fans of Call of Duty, and we've uh -oh. talked about it, we've played it, made drinking games for it, we've done a, a ton of Call of Duty. Um, <clears throat> there was a report on FragHero.com, and once again, the link will be in our description in YouTube, but essentially... This a, crazy fuck. A player set the world's world record for longest Call of Duty gaming session, and it can never be broken. Well... They're saying it can never be broken, even though he had just... So they say for now. Yeah, so he's he broke someone's previous with this. Uh, I don't have the article in front of me, Jim. I don't know if you can pull it up. But was it something it. like 23 hours or 21 hours? <laughs> no, 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 no. The previous record was 120 hours and 7 minutes. Mm. This record is 135 hours and 50 minutes. Over five full days of playtime combined. Holy shit. That's disgusting and irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, so a little caveat to that. So this is a little different than that Twitch streamer who died like streaming for 24 hours straight. Um, this actually had a rule where you could take a 10-minute break every hour, but you could defer the breaks. So basically what this guy did was he would play these long marathon sessions and then he'd give himself a couple hours off to you know eat take a shit get a little nap in here and there so not to say it was a less dangerous form because playing for that long holy shit but at least there was options that he could get some rest in between the madness hmm. yeah uh right off the bat i'm this isn't even something that's impressive to me because if something's going to be impressive, it'll be, like, a feat that I would be like, man, I wish I could do that. Or, like, I would love to try to do that, but I know I just couldn't. I mean, it's a good tale in endurance. And from what I was reading, he had to, like, wrap his hands because he was getting so many calluses on him. Uh, yeah, he was trying to uh, cushion the sticks and all the buttons on his controller because his hands were just dying and falling <laughs> apart, basically. There's a nice little before and after picture, too, of a man who just looks beaten to shit. Yeah, and I mean, hey, if you're one of these people that do marathons for charity and that's a good way to raise money, all the more power to you. I think that's an awesome reason. If you're doing this just for a world, and by the way, I don't know, like, is this a Guinness world record or was it just like some other site's world record? Guinness. Okay. Like, I don't know. Unless you, you win actually something other than just a title for a world's longest, it seems a little unnecessary and... Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> somebody had to do it. I guess that's all I can really say about it. And once again, it's not something I would ever want to try to do with any game, let alone Call of Duty. Because I did they now did they specify was he just playing like online multiplayer with this? Um, I don't know if they specified that, but I do know he was playing Black Ops Two. Huh. So I'm uh, guessing he was playing multiplayer because. I doubt anyone's going to play single player that long without blowing their brains out. Yeah. Um, no, like I said, I think that that's interesting. And you kind of touched on the, the Twitch streamer who, who died, which is a really sad and shitty thing, especially because the guy had kids. And I know he was doing it for charity. And I guess other people touched on it. Whether Did they say what the exact cause was? Was it a heart attack or was it just a, 
I, I my guess was just sheer lack of sleep and you know. You yeah, really... I mean it's probably they've yeah they found them you know when they found the body. <clears throat> I guess an official autopsy hasn't been done yet, but uh, I read somewhere that I can't verify it though that he had done other like long marathons that week too. So mm. this guy, his body was just running on nothing at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, you can die from exhaustion. And he was a smoker and he was drinking energy drinks as well. And neither of them are good for your heart when you're perfectly healthy. So if you're pushing your body to the limit like that, I guess you're just playing with fire, really. <clears throat> yeah. And not that Jim and I, as we run a site that encourages drinking beers and playing games and we do drinking contests, uh-huh. are the greatest you know, are the greatest role models for anyone, especially as I said, I'm sick and drinking whiskey and my tea right now. But I mean, I just really hope people heed warnings from that and kids don't think like, oh, well, I'm going to set this record and try and go for these long times because it's just, it's really not worth it. But yeah, it, it sucks. It's sad. And for this Call of Duty guy, congrats, I guess. Hey, hats off to him. Yeah. He's in the record books for, uh, let's face it, the Guinness records are all kind of silly anyway. So, hey, if that's your thing, go nuts. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so the next topic, uh, we're actually going with uh, Twitch starting to sell games. Now, once again, there's going to be a link to this disc- to this topic in the YouTube description below. But for those of you watching us on Twitch and who may not be aware... Uh, Twitch is starting this program where I guess they're going to have a player where you're able to go in, stream their games, buy them off them, and if you help sell their games, you get a fraction of of it. What is it, Jim? 5%. 5% of the game sales, which... Uh, it's not bad. Really smart for Twitch. It's a gr- good opportunity for people who do want to make a little bit extra bucks. Um, I... I think I just think it's a good opportunity for people. I think you know some people will probably bitch that it's like oh it's more advertisement, but like that's let's face it, we're in a world of advertisement. If you if you go on Twitch, you're gonna see a million mobas. You're gonna see very specific things advertised. It, that's just the world we live in. But hey, if it's gonna allow a player to make a little bit more money, go for it. And if they're getting games for, I don't know if Twitch is gonna start allowing like bigger people to get games for free, but if it's giving something back to the players, I don't see no harm in it. I think that's a kind of a good idea. Yeah, and I mean, that's an argument people are making is that it'll be a, almost a kind of payola thing where Twitch will really encourage that you play the games that get more attraction and people will probably want to buy more of anyway. So, I mean, there's a shitload of people already playing the MOBAs and the first-person shooters out there. Not that that was really going to change anyway, but maybe... Some streamers who were doing their own thing, I know, but maybe some who are doing their own thing will be a little more tempted to go to the higher selling games now. So, I mean, that could dilute the quality of it all a little bit, but I don't see it really being that bad of a thing. And Twitch is honestly going to be putting the buy links on their pages anyway, so if you're a consistent streamer, you might as well go for it. Yeah, and I, I didn't even give it a thought to what you just pointed out, but I mean, really, yeah. Indie titles, obviously, probably, unless they get in on this, they're probably not going to be able to compete with the higher end because everyone's just going to want to stream. But like like you said, that's kind of how it is now. And if you really want to go and watch someone play, like, you know, Babysitter Bloodbath, 
you're going to have to really search it out. They're never going to promote that on the front page. But, you know, yeah, it's going to be more promotion of AAA titles. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if Nintendo is allowing anyone to get in on this. Uh, nope. Of course not. But, yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's... nothing's been confirmed, but we know how they are. Oh, they're dicks. But, yeah. So, I think that, like I said, it's good for players. Uh, sure, it's going to hurt diversity of games. But if you're watching Twitch, I mean, you can use the search bar and find the game you really want to watch people stream. Or just go over to YouTube, and I'm sure someone's played the game you really want to see. Yep, definitely. So... I guess there's not really too much more we can say on that. So jumping into our next topic, uh, this actually was first brought to our attention by our buddy Brock on uh, Twitter. Lesnar? STD. Uh, we're not that famous yet, Brian. We're getting there. We know another Brock. <laughs> STD Brockstar uh, from his own website, BrockstarGaming.com. And it's been around other spots now, too. But Xbox, uh, it's getting a Game Pass. And this is actually pretty damn cool. So for the people who are familiar with, like, say, PlayStation <clears throat> Now, I think it's called, uh, basically a service they have where you pay a set amount every month and they let you stream games to your PlayStation 4. This is kind of like that, except that it actually lets you fully download the games to your console. You keep it for a month before it goes away. The games change every month, and it's only 10 bucks a month. And this includes Xbox One games and backwards compatible titles. So they're going to be switching stuff out here and there. But I think like 100-some titles are in the mix right now. And I don't know. To me, that sounds like a great deal if you don't want to go out and buy every single game. Number one, that's a friggin' amazing deal. And I think that's a great plan. Uh, as someone who just recently, I'd say within the past six months, got a PS4, I'm... I was strongly considering getting that PlayStation now because I thought that was a good idea just for them. It's a little more expensive. I forget how much exactly, but even that is a good deal. And that's something, you know, like Jim said, though, you can only play it for a little bit. You can't download it. The ability to actually download these games is just going to mean that I'm going to have to go out and buy even more external hard drives for my Xbox One because I already bought a one three terabyte. And that thing is going to get filled up so goddamn fast. But, I mean, say what you want about Xbox, uh, you know, they do fan service right. They're offering, when they start to ship with the gold and giving you free games, whether you like the games or not, I mean, I'd say in a given year, you can get at least seven or eight very solid titles. The rest of them are kind of, okay, they're just, they're questionable. And PlayStation does amazing with their indie titles, but I think this is a really cool way for games to go. And I think it also is uh, indicative of, you know, the one fear, I guess some people are fearful of it, but games going fully digital. And this is just going to be another push towards that, which I don't think is really a bad thing. Um, but I, I think it's a great idea. And I'm very curious to see if PlayStation is going to respond by either upping the games that you can play per month or allowing you to download them, because that's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've always been critical of digital-only gaming just because, God forbid, a license goes away, then you're out money when they pull a game. But <laughs> honestly, for 10 bucks a month, this is a, this is a fantastic deal. What is funny, though, is, see, with PlayStations, if your internet goes out or you have a blip, your playtime's done until you fix the problem. With this, downloading it directly to your console, you're not going to have any interruptions outside of a power outage. 
So that's cool. And if I was GameStop, they're already hurting right now. But this is another thing that's just going to really eat into their fucking inventory. Because why would people go there if they can just get these games kind of whenever they want or on a rotating cycle? For all the friendly service. <laughs> and the cell phones and Amiibos. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I I don't see anything negative about this. The only thing I will be curious also is I wonder if this is this just a way for them to test this and if it does good enough sales, if they're going to pull the gold, uh, gold games thing where you'll no longer get those free games where you'll stop offering that um, and kind of have this in lieu of that, which for 10 bucks, it's a good question. Still not bad for ten bucks, uh, and I you can't even blame them. Like you can't get mad at them if they do decide to do that, um, because let's face it, some of the titles are given out. You know that they're pretty damn good titles. So yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of trickle effect this causes. Um, but I, I I love it, and I can't wait to start getting that. Yeah, and actually, uh, Snarkast in the chat right now. He's saying don't do PlayStation now. He tried it, and some games are unplayable. The lag's horrendous, mm. and especially if you want to play shooters. And, yeah, GameStop's stock prices have been taking major hits, and this has not helped. <clears throat> All right, well, and apparently, like I will not be getting PlayStation now then. <laughs> yep, and apparently Alpha Ring, I guess that's a group of like high-end Xbox people, uh, they're beta testing the Xbox Now thing already. So, hmm. Or the Xbox Play Pass, whatever it's called. Yeah, no, and... Uh, the other interesting thing I think this kind of is starting to show is I guess a lot of people had questions of are are Xbox and PlayStation going to stay in the gaming realm? You know, are they going to bother? If they're doing moves like this, it's pretty indicative that I think they're planning on staying around. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I, it seems like they're pretty dedicated to staying. Yeah, I mean, I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Maybe making dedicated consoles or weird console PC hybrids at this point. Maybe in the future, but yeah, I I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Especially PlayStation, or Sony I should say, because Sony's really not doing well in the electronics realm outside of gaming. So this is one of their big cash cows, and I doubt they're going to let that go anytime soon. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Jim, do you think we'll, you'll, we'll ever get something like that from Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did enough Nintendo bashing last week. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Nintendo. Oh, wait, Bri. <laughs> wait, Bri. They're already doing that because with the Switch, they're going to give you, once it's finally up and running, they're going to give you one game a month. One. For free-ish. Is it for Yay. free or is it part of their, you have to buy into their monthly thing? Well, apparently it's part of their monthly thing. So One it's game. not for free. Yay. Yay. And, you, and I doubt you'll be able to download it. I do like that the uh, friend codes are back when they said they'd have an improved friend system, so that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, I think that's a good segue. Yes. Oh, Jim brought this up to me, and fucking fuck. Uh, Super Mario. The Super Mario theme, I should say has official lyrics now. Uh, when we watch a video, I'll be honest, I didn't dig enough into his article to say, like, I mean, has Nintendo fully endorsed that, yes, this is the lyrics? 
But <laughs> once again, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'll play a quick little clip so you can get a feel for this. Uh, just what what the hell? Uh, the lyrics are <laughs> are very interesting. Um, very Japanese. Very Japanese. And for any of you who have watched enough of our videos, you know how goddamn weird I think the Japanese can be with stuff like this. Uh, you have a classic theme and things that make most themes classic is the fact that they don't have lyrics and they don't have you know a voice to associate with it it's just a, a great beat that really sticks with you and that's true to all music like most great songs are usually great for one reason or another but a lot of times it's like oh the guitar in this is amazing and da 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 if this is the legacy that the super mario theme has it's gonna get fucked as far as going down as great because if you have to hear yeah, this i don't goofiness it's just ridiculous <laughs> yeah i don't think it's gonna hurt it that much in the long run because i doubt that many will find out about this but the article came from kotaku and apparently the story goes that um fans submitted lyrics to a japanese radio station back in 1985 and it was officially endorsed by nintendo as official so and they even recorded a version for a vinyl uh, for a record <laughs> so i mean i guess it's hazily official but I mean, according to this article, it is, for as much as you like to believe Kotaku. And, yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to try and fit the lyrics to the music because language barriers and shit like that, it's fucking impossible. I don't know how it works out, but it's just a funny bit of goofy gaming history for you. Why not? Yeah, and if you, obviously, if you want to watch the whole video, the link's below, but it's... What the fuck? It's just so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I don't even know what to say. It's It's ridiculous. But, it's Japan. You know, what do you want? Some people are just going to laugh it off like, oh, it's just silly. And I'm sure some defenders will be out there. But no. Just oh, apparently this article was originally published in 2015. So God oh. knows how I stumbled on it in 2017. But hey, yeah. there you go. So we can see what kind of impact this article made in those two years. <laughs> yeah. I think Mario is fine. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I've never heard that before. But okay. Yeah. So we're obviously late to this. And everyone, if you are watching this... You probably know how goddamn late we are, but yeah, I still think it's ridiculous. I doubt that many know. I doubt that many really know. Okay, so speaking of outrage, uh, Modern uh -huh. Warfare, the remaster, uh, for those of you who don't know, with Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, you had an option to get the you know better version of the game, I forget what they were called, that would include the Modern Warfare remastered game. Well, that Legacy is edition. Yeah, now that is getting its own DLC, and by own DLC, it's the same exact DLC when Modern Warfare was out for the first time, except this time, instead of being $10, it's $15, and a lot of people are pissed that, one, they're going to charge anything, and two, they're going to charge more than it was when it first came out. I can <laughs> fully understand why people are so pissed. Um... And being a Call of Duty fan, there's no justification for this. Um, you know, the the developers are claiming, well, you get 10 rare supply drops. And for those of you who don't play Call of Duty, it's your basic pay-for-loot system in Call of Duty. And pay for random loot. Yeah, and 90% of people are like, I don't give a fuck about those. Because I would never want to pay for that shit. So... 
Yeah, this is a really shitty thing that they're doing, considering they already had the $50 season pass you can buy for the game that include that should include all DLC, but apparently it just doesn't include this part of the DLC, because it's DLC to a semi-exclusive game option from the Legacy Edition. I think it's ridiculous, and I just hope, once again, nobody will support it, so maybe they'll stop doing shit like that. But it's... Yeah, it, that's... It, this is really one... I mean, let's face it. It's coming from Activision, and Activision at this point, they're right up there with Konami and fucking Ubisoft as being the worst out there when it comes to pissing off their fans. But after already doing a $20 goddamn paywall, basically, to get the remaster, this is some shit, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking dirty. I mean, Playing more, pay, Paying more for... A prettier version of ten-year-old maps. Wow. Yeah. And I'm I'm not gonna lie; those maps really weren't that good. Uh, when the concept back then for DLC was still like relatively new, it's like, all right, well, we get a couple new maps. Like, I guess it's worth it because me and my friends we all played the asshole out of these games, so we're like, nah, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna be playing anyway. Might as well. And yeah, the maps weren't like later. D- Call of Duties, the maps in the DLC were actually worth it, because they were actually pretty damn cool. But that thing? No. Just no. So, I think that's shitty, and you know, there's no defense for this. And I, If somebody in the comments below, if you do have any defense for it, I would love to hear it, because I just, I don't see how that's justifiable at all. Uh, real quick, uh, our buddy Todd says, don't call Kotaku out in their bullshit because they'll block you like they did him. <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly worried about Kotaku blocking us. <laughs> yeah, we're not exactly the upper echelon of people, especially you And even if we do anything. get big, yeah, and even if we care. do get big, I also don't give a shit because Kotaku, yeah. come on, it's they're awful. Yeah. But yeah, our buddy Todd's in game journalism, actually, so he... It hurts his bottom line. No, not bottom line, but it's another thing to, you know, shut, looks badly on him and makes all game journalists look bad, basically. It's them taking a shit in a cereal. That, there you go. Said it better than I did. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, just don't support this. Even if you love Call of Duty and you love the remaster, don't. Please. <laughs> That's all yeah, I can say. I mean. And this isn't like they're charging extra for a game that's beloved. It's a series that's been going down for the past, like, seven years now. And you only have hardcore fans left, let's be honest here, when it comes to Call of Duty. Yep. And don't don't piss off the people keeping you afloat. Yeah, they will. Of course they will. It's Activision. They ruin everything. Um... <clears throat> All right, the next topic. Uh, I just read this article. Jim sent it to me today, and it was actually really interesting and kind of fascinating. Um, the ZX Sinclair Vega Indiegogo was ZX. Halted. No, I'm saying ZX. I will never say ZX. There's no goddamn E. Fuck a dick. Z- All right? No. <laughs> anyway. Bri, it's, it's like soccer. We're the only country that says it's Z. It doesn't matter. You have to this, globalize. This is America. Fascist. Um, yeah, listen, right. Go ahead. Listen, Snowflake, calm down, all right? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the ZX Sinclair Vega 
they had an Indiegogo once again. Vega Plus. I'm gonna keep on saying that. I'm putting all the description in the description. You'll see the link. Uh, it was a little handheld system, and it, it was Indiegogo. They met their goals. They were supposed to release it. They didn't, and word got out. BBC was gonna report on it. They knew about it. And basically the owner said, like, hey, can you hold off because we're getting physical threats and this could really, you know, actually affect us and hurt us, which sounds like kind of reasonable. Um, Whether it was true or not, I'm not sure. But then they followed up and said, well, there is a police investigation. So the details are a little murky for me because I got I was trying to sift through, like, well, were the police actually involved or are they just saying they were involved? Um, but essentially BBC didn't report on it right away. And then eventually they did. And it's basically coming out that this happened. So if you're the BBC, especially the specific reporter who knew about this and didn't say anything, I think this kind of fucks that guy over pretty hardcore for someone who was maybe just trying to do someone a solid. Cause he was trying to think like, well, I don't want to be responsible for someone getting fucked up over people getting screwed over but at the same time you know a company like this who met their goals and couldn't meet their delivery date that's kind of a nothing new story in the news and it's another shitty thing so they should be held responsible but uh i don't know it's kind of a weird gray area and i think it's another reason why indiegogos are probably not gonna be that successful in the future and always be scrutinized in the future yeah, I mean, I think there's always going to be a place for Indiegogos and Kickstarters, but people got to realize with these things that they say in their terms of service, there's no guarantee you'll ever see anything for your money. Yeah. And I think there's refunds. Well, Indiegogo there is. I think Kickstarter there isn't if it hits a certain goal. I'm not really too versed on the um, on the ins and outs of it. So basically, a little backstory here. The company who makes it's called Retro Computers Limited. And they actually released a first model Vega a couple years back. And the people who got it seemed to really like it. Uh, This project's actually... But this is more of a handheld, like a fully handheld with a screen on it and everything like that. It's going to have a thousand licensed games. And it's actually backed by Clive Sinclair, who made the original ZX Spectrum. So it's got a good kind of history going for it. And... With their, um, basically what they've been saying, uh, the Computer Limited, is th- during their testing, they realized that some of the buttons weren't holding up well to extended play sessions. So they were trying to basically revamp it and fix that before they released it, which, you know, was honorable. <coughs> but they've had a few delays from their projected release dates, and the most recent one for backers was for consoles to start shipping out on February 20th. That just passed. And so far, according to this report from Eurogamer, nothing's been sent out. So this actually reached its Indiegogo uh, set goal a while back, and but it let itself stay open for more people to, uh, to back it if they wanted to get in on it and to get this console. So they've been getting more and more money with basically no payoff for the customer, and now they're starting to get a ton of angry comments, people are asking for refunds, shit like that. So, I mean, they... Honestly, in my mind, they better get their shit together quick or we I'm not going to say it's going to be as bad as, say, the retro VGS or the Coleco Chameleon, whatever it became known as. But these passion projects, man, they can go south in a hurry and people don't have the patience for these uh, things going late, especially when they put a ton of money into it. 
Yeah. And what do you think about the uh, BBC knowing about it and not reporting? I mean, uh, I'm not as worried about... I mean, let's face it. It just depends on what you think about journalism in general. So maybe someone was doing them a solid, and maybe it's a guy who actually really grew up with the ZX Spectrum and loved it. Maybe he was a guy who wanted to see this come to fruition. So I can see giving someone with a decent track record uh, a little bit of a pass for something kind of not that huge of a deal initially. But once it starts blowing up in their face, he, he reported on it. He's got to do it. So, I mean, maybe he probably should have reported on it earlier. But <clears throat> I don't know. For me, that's a bit of a gray area. Yeah, and, and one other thing I want to say is that if they were really getting threats motherfuckers if you gave money to this and this was like your big investment to make a bunch of money and you got fucked over like you should have been a little smart about that investment you don't need to threaten someone because of this bullshit it's a fucking video game system like i'm a violent person by nature but i wouldn't get that upset over uh, saying i'm gonna come and whatever the comments were that they were gonna like kill these people if they didn't get this little handheld device like that's a little fucking ridiculous so i don't know that that's just my other two cents on that. I don't know, Brian. You're talking about a country that's known for their soccer riots, so they they could be unreasonable people. Whereas our friend Matt Orloff would say they're all a bunch of drunks. They're all drunks. Yep. <laughs> Coming from so two quick guys story who are drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a little quick backstory for you guys. Um, back in college, I had to do a couple debates with our buddy Matt, and one of them was you know. Funny enough, it was about beer. So there's a thing called the Flashpoint, which is the time, almost like last call, where they kick everyone out to go home, blah, blah, blah. And during the course of our debate, he decided to make the argument of everyone in Europe is a drunk. So let's just say I've never seen some teaching assistants have be so confused and so mad all at once. Talk about snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, right? God. <laughs> Professional students is more like it. Yeah, so... Um, it's, it's, I, I find it more fascinating for the sense of, from the reporter standpoint, like what should they have actually done in that situation? And like you said, we're speculating on reasons why they didn't report. Were they really told by police? That's a different story. Then they have no responsibility. Some, like you said though, some reporters are like, uh, how serious do you take game reporting? And it's like, you know, if he was just trying to do a solid, then give him a pass. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and read a little bit more details into it, but a little fascinating thing. And I and I also could this maybe just be the stop of these goddamn obscure ass consoles? Like people keep trying to bring out newer versions. Just emulate the shit. Get your just emulate it. Stop it. Damn it, Brian! The ZX was like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred in Europe. It was okay. like the most popular gaming platform over there. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself a fucking ps4 and move on fuck yeah, play some real games damn it so uh todd once again giving us some second level knowledge he's saying that kickstarter requires you to have a prototype where any gogo doesn't so that's why some mm. especially with these kind of consoles go that route because they don't have to show shit really and it's oh, shit funny we need to do an indiegogo then <laughs> yeah i know i'll make a fucking console right now <laughs> nah, go ahead. It'll be called it'll be called Jimmy's Game Dick, and basically it'll be the shape of my dick, and it'll be a Raspberry Pi, and it'll have every game ever and games you Jim. haven't heard of yet. 
Jim, do I need don't, to make the comment? Don't do. Don't, do I need don't. to? Do, do I need to say it? <laughs> don't. I know. I know. <laughs> Go on. I won't say it. But he's <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for showing mercy. But <laughs> but yeah, he's saying actually that Clive Sinclair hated the fact that the ZX was used mostly for gaming because he wanted it to be more of a business-based computer. Huh. So yeah, that worked out. And that's, that's also why he <laughs> created the failed Sinclair QL. Wow. <laughs> Talk about that sucks if he really wanted it for business. He's like, fuck, stop playing games on it. It's like the TI-89, stop fucking playing games on my computers. <laughs> <laughs> but they played games so well. <sighs> well, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, guys, let us know what you think in the comments below. Uh, you know, And if anyone has more knowledge on it or if you, if you, ever, if you were ever willing to... I guess donate to one of these things. I mean, what were your expectations and were they ever met? So we'd love to hear a story like that. All right. Yeah, definitely. If you ever had uh, any Kickstarters <clears throat> blow up in your face, not that we would love to hear about your misery, but we want to hear your experiences with them. How have your experiences with donating to these funds been and how they worked out? Yeah, no, definitely. For every one or two good games that really come out and impress people, then you have the mighty number nines of the world. So. <sighs> Glad you got that game. <laughs> ah, 15 bucks, not so well spent. Yep. All right. And uh, kind of going back to Nintendo and their shitty ways. Um, so Nintendo lost the Maricar patent lawsuit. And give a little background. This company, you know, they're a bunch of uh, go-karts that are designed to look like Mario Kart's. And you can rent the costumes of the official Nintendo characters and drive around in them. And they call themselves Mario Kart. And of course, you know, Nintendo being Nintendo, freaked the fuck out. And are now really starting to question, what can they license under IP? Can they license costumes? Can they license this or that? Um, in one hand, the fact that they lost, I think, is kind of a win for all the ridiculousness that Nintendo's been doing. On another hand, it's sad that Nintendo's getting that upset about a company that I, I didn't read too much into it. I don't know if they're, like, making millions, but I highly doubt it. And it's just a kind of goofy thing to go out there and just try to get people to go out get out of the house and enjoy themselves outside and do something that just happens to relate to Mario Kart. So, I don't know. I think Nintendo is, once again, being a little twaddish about this. And, yeah. I think it's I think it's ridiculous, but hey, I, I don't own any f famous IP, so I can't sympathize with Nintendo. But is this really causing them to lose money, or is this maybe people are gonna see these people driving around and they're gonna say, "God damn, I want to go get Mario Kart 64 or a different Mario Kart now because I haven't played that in forever." You mean besides the oh so famous IP of drink a beer and play a game, Brian? <laughs> yes. Besides that, obviously we got to protect our our. Uh, our IP gem. So anyone who drinks beers and plays games, I mean, you kind of owe us something. God damn right you do. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's funny that among everything that they could have gone after this card company with, they went after the actual name of Mary Car itself. And I love the fact that they lost because I know of absolutely no one who has ever called it or shortened it down to Mary Car. Now, yeah. I'm not going to say that this company isn't really towing that line there. 
because let's face it, they are. But oh, it's just hilarious that they lost a lawsuit like this. Like maybe they could have gone after them for I don't know having it look exactly like their characters. Maybe there's way better ways they could have gone about it. But Nintendo being Nintendo, they decided to stomp their feet about something stupid, and there you go. And that's what I was curious about. So I was was trying to figure out they were mentioning, um, you know, protecting their IP from like people using costumes. But I don't like. Can you protect your IP from that? Like if. Say, you know, if somebody, say, has a movie, or, or I guess in this case, let's just stick with Nintendo. I mean, really, is that copyright infringement, or, or I don't even know what you would call that? If you just happen to have a business and decide, you know what, everyone can wear, you know, Super Mario costumes today. Like, is that really a thing? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they can... So, uh, well, give me one quick second because I think, yeah, here's what it is. Uh, they're going after them for the cars and the lookalikes and the costumes now. So they actually mm. didn't lose that, but they went after them before about the Mary Card name, and that's what got thrown out. Mm. So with this new lawsuit coming out, that old information got kind of brought to the forefront, and it's just another minor laughing stock for Nintendo. Yeah, man. They uh, they went a long way from allowing people to make really shitty lyrics to their most famous IP to getting upset that people are fucking wearing costumes and going around in a cart. It's fucking goofy. But what are you going to do? Bri, Bri, we have to make a video of us licking Switch cartridges. <laughs> Don't worry. You will never see that. <laughs> Maybe if yeah. I get... True. Maybe if Jim loses another drinking challenge and he has to drink, instead of a loser brew, that's what he's got to do. <laughs> <laughs> I have to lick plastic. Yep. Yeah, uh, but now, fair enough. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, there's there's not a lot I can say about that. Um, we want to hear what you guys have to say below. I mean, maybe you have a completely different opinion. And like I said, maybe you're of the opinion. It's like, hey, guys, this is their IP. This is their livelihood. Someone's got to protect it. But you know, maybe they could have went about it a little better. So with that, I think that's the last topic we have, Jim, unless we have something else that I did not see. Nah, that's all we got for this week, officially. Okay, so uh, what's the verdict on your beer? Is it the worst of the Mortal Kombat beers? Uh, I've only had this in the Sub-Zero before, and I did like the Sub-Zero a lot better. Um, this is, like, it's not bad, per se. I just think it's kind of a very generic kind of stout. And the chilies that they put in there, at first, it's really kind of abrasive. It's something you weren't truly expecting when I took a sip. But uh, it eventually levens out, or evens out. It leaves a nice little spice on your tongue in the aftertaste, but it's nothing too overpowering. <clears throat> I'm not going to, you know, say run out and get this beer because, I mean, there's little lacing. There's almost no head. There's a very generic, almost kind of weak stout aroma to it. Everything about it is just kind of mediocre. So it's mm. not bad. It's But um, I'm not, you know, pissed about spending my 10 bucks on it, but I wouldn't get this again probably. <clears throat> yeah. And for me, since I'm not drinking a beer... Uh, as someone who's also an avid whiskey and bourbon fan, uh, this Donegal Irish whiskey is delicious. It goes down really smooth. Uh, I actually think it's better than Jameson, and um, 
if you are a whiskey fan or an Irish whiskey fan specifically, you should really give it a try. I, I don't know how much it costs, but uh, works wonders with my tea and a little bit of honey while I'm sick, so I can only suggest it. <laughs> well, there you go. So, yeah, guys, as always, uh, thank you for everyone who is here live checking us out. Thank you for everyone who is hosting us. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave your comments below. And as always, let us know what topics you want us to talk about. If it's an overrated, underrated, uh, which is better, or just something gamer beer related. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Absolutely, guys. And as always, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.